Onion Minute. I am your host for the day, Allison Sagan. Um, my guest today is Curtis Blaze. This is minute number 41, which goes from four, um, zero hours, 40 minutes, and zero seconds uh, to zero hours, 40 minutes, and 59 seconds. Uh, so we're getting started uh, as they're going down to dinner and um, starts pretty cleanly for minutes. I, I, I think that this movie does a good job of kind of like having the big beats be on the minute, at least from what I've seen so far. So, uh, Curtis, how are you doing? I, I am doing fine. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a guest on the show. Yeah, ha- happy to have you here. Uh, you're here for Knives Out Minute, so just happy to have the more people from Knives Out Minute coming back to chat about uh, this this really fun series that's gotten uh i'm just so happy it's a series honestly because i i need movies like these oh yeah i mean ryan johnson with brick and now knives out minute um, (laughs) minute (laughs) knives out and glass onion uh the dude is going to be our mystery gonna give us our mystery movie fixes for at least our lifetimes yay oh i'm so happy i'm so happy (laughs) because Until Netflix cancels him. Well, <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens. But you know, I'm they have him on the hook for another movie, and I'm like crossing my fingers that nothing gets messed up there because I uh, just I just want more of this. You know, they were just they were just talking about this in today's episode that released. Which I know this is a weird time thing and way to talk about it. Uh, Thirty three <laughs> is the one that came out mm-hmm. on the day that we're recording this. And the the people, the guests were talking about it there. And there are five altogether? There are going to be five? Is that accurate? I don't know. All I knew is that they had they uh they signed him on definitely for two and for Glass Onion and another movie. I don't know. All I know is that um both Ryan Johnson um and Daniel Craig seem to really like making these, which makes sense because it seems like this would be a kind of a fun type of movie to make so i'm just hopeful that they'll keep finding a way to make this series even if um whatever happens with netflix or anything like that right um, even even if it became just an idw comic book i would settle for that oh yeah well (laughs) I'm like, I would follow Benoit Blanc anywhere, honestly. Right. So uh, I'm I'm just jazzed for this. Uh, And I think that, um, you know, he clearly does a very good job of making it something that can keep going in interesting directions, as we've seen so far with Glass Onion, um, where it's completely different characters except for uh, Blanc and still really works well uh, and something mm-hmm. similar that happened what's the name of that tv show he did with the character named charlie oh my god i'm so bad at names oh the uh, <laughs> poker face poker face uh yeah I have did you watch Oops. did you watch that no i need to i just haven't had the chance to but 
it's so funny because uh, on Knives Out Minute, um, one of my weeks we were talking about how much we wanted Natasha Leone to be in the next Knives Out movie. <laughs> and then, <when> then <laughs> they announced the show Poker Face and we're like, oh, it's That's happening. That's how they're going to use her, yeah. It's happening. We got it. So, um, yeah, no, I need to watch that because I uh, definitely have a soft spot for the kind of uh, kind of detective uh, genre or, or, or like even like a um, kind of case of the week type show just because it's, it's, just, it's just cozy. Um, so right. Even if there's a lot of murder, it's very cozy. Um, you know, yeah, we don't it, have a lot of, we don't have a lot of, uh, the week we're looking at here is just jam-packed full of stuff. We don't have a lot I, of time to uh, just just chit-chat about other things. No! But I'm so curious, before we do get started today, like, <laughs> of, of the types of mysteries, uh, you know, murder mysteries and what have you, what's your favorite kind? Is it like the, like the, you can sit along with the detective and solve it while you go? Or do you want to know what happened and then watch them solve it? Like, what's your favorite kind? Um, I like kind of the solve it as as it goes type thing. Um, you know, I like anything, any sort of story. Um, my, like my my favorite kind of trope is the kind of like locked room type mystery where it's just completely. Where you go, oh, there's there's no possible way that any of this murder could happen, and then actually it happened. But um, <laughs> it turned out someone trained a monkey. <laughs> somebody made something work, and you're just like, what? But but I I love when a mystery story makes you kind of keep guessing throughout the entire thing. Like, how did it happen? How did it go? And then you get the answer, and you're like. Of course, why didn't I see that? Because it's it seems like, in hindsight, so obvious. And and that's one of the things that I love about Knives Out and this is just that there's so many little hints and clues that are just put into the story, but you're, you're watching it. I'm, I'm just enjoying a really good movie, and then you start, you can watch it again and just kind of pick apart all these little clues. And that's like, that's the one of the best things about like a kind of mystery or a thriller is when you can kind of pick apart the existing clues or when you find out actually who done it, um, the, you know, kind of pick apart what they're saying and you go, Oh, they were actually hinting at it the whole time. And yeah, yeah that's so. one of my favorite things. The second watch through where you, where you go, Oh my uh, God, that's what that means. That's what that means. Yeah. Oh, how did I yeah. not see that? It's 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 the best, and I think that that's one of the things that Ryan Johnson does so perfectly with um, both of these movies is is making both like enthralling stories and movies in their own right. But then when you watch it a second time, you're like, oh my god, there's a million things I didn't notice, and um, just doing kind of minor research for these episodes, like I feel like there's so many more little bits and pieces that he just kind of throws in to give ideas. Um, so yeah, so uh, we we have some pretty uh, stuff to the brim minutes. Uh, and I think that this first minute has a lot of similarly uh, just 
small details that add to a much bigger whole of learning about these characters. Uh, so it starts with an exterior of the glass onion and it transitions to the start of this dinner party um, as they're walking into this dining room that's very ostentatious, um, where, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least, where you have all these art pieces and glass sculptures. And it, you know, I am not by any means an art expert, but I just, I, I like art. Um, and it really feels like um, it's just completely hung without any eye for artistry just kind of trying to look impressive which is why I yeah. think it, it, which is a really kind of big statement on Miles' character that uh, he's just looking for the, this art as status symbols rather than any sort of uh, art enthusiasm or anything like that. Welcome gang two cocktails before I'm murdered the you know even as they're walking in um, and I, I'm gonna you know my knowledge is gonna fail because I'm I'm not that into art, except for uh, how you can light things. I'm, I'll explain that later. He's got a really famous painting that they walk past. That's in the darkened, you know, in, in the darkened recess there, still on the steps as they're walking down. Do mm -hmm. you know what that painting is called? Um, I'm not sure which painting are you are you referring to. Oh, um, just as they're and. and Second uh, two, second two, they are walking past the the thing. <laughs> They're walking past that painting, Birdie and. Uh, let me see. I'm not sure which painting you're referring to. I don't have the minute up with me. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I won't. I won't. Uh, I won't podcast uh, like that. Oh no That's worries. Why. Yeah, no. I just I, I just took notes for this um, yesterday. Um, but I know that there is, I think the most well accounted and kind of famous example that a lot of people point to is the, um, Rothko piece, which is the, um, which is notably hanging upside down, uh, because, um, it's, and it's literally in the kind of common name, uh, of the piece, which is red above blue. And he has the the blue above the red, and so it's just like, it's it like the first thing you would know about this piece, and yet he hangs it upside down. Um, that is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> and there's a really good interview that was done on the uh, Netflix uh, website with the production designer uh, Rick Heinrichs, um, where. They talk about some of the very the art pieces that they did. Uh, apparently, um, for a number of them, they actually had real painters to reproduce the paintings rather than have a print, so that you have it be more kind of a realistic of this being an actual original piece rather than him ha hanging posters up. Um, oh, interesting. But okay, uh, I, I did a little bit of looking into some of the paintings uh, and. He really is just, it doesn't feel like there's any uh, connection except for, like, what is expensive. Um, you know, not having anything that's, like, ha it, like, it's a lot of kind of more 
more modern painters, um, but like Rothko has the kind of more abstract uh, style where he where you see just like kind of large swaths of color. But then you have somebody like there's he has one of the paintings from uh, David Hockney, who is a really um, uh, kind of important still living uh, artist who is uh, con uh, coincidentally probably the most um, like he sold the most expensive artwork by a living artist. So it, it, again, it's like they're very different paintings, but he uh, but they're the thing that ties them together is just that they're very, very expensive. Um, so th I just feel like that's got to be uh, kind of uh, a emblematic of who Miles Braun is, is that he's really focused on having kind of like, look, I'm somebody who has this art versus, um, you know, somebody who cares about the art. Ryan... It's definitely just Rhea, Rian. <laughs> it's definitely just using this art to kind of just show how Miles is the dumbest one of the group. Still, yeah. I well, it's like also you have this beautiful art, and I mean, like I wouldn't necessarily be somebody that would, um, you know, buy a like a Rothko or something. Like I, I appreciate some some modern art, but I it doesn't necessarily speak to me but like you have these these um established artists and then you have this like three paintings of like ronald mcdonald and you're just like who the f is this? sorry who the heck is this guy sorry for the bleeping but who is this person and what is his taste because it's like I, and then this giant painting of him um kind of a callback to uh, Edward Norton's Fight Club look, but still, like, this giant painting of <laughs> himself surrounded by these, like, established pieces of artwork. It's just, it's just kind of wild. Well, I can tell you, the research I did, the little I know, there's a, there's a famous, there's a famous painting called uh, The Three Studies of George Dyer. Uh, it's by Francis Bacon. Um mm -hmm. And the Ronald McDonald thing is kind of a riff on that. Like someone, mm. someone did the same kind of thing with Ronald McDonald that oh, Francis Bacon did yeah. with the three studies of George Dyer. And that's what that is. And it's like, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the uh, Andy Warhol thing where he would take existing things and then make colorful, fun things out of them, mm -hmm. which is everyone who likes art right now is just uh, <laughs> cursing my name for saying that. But. <laughs> no, I hear you. I, I, I man, I, I don't know enough about like a lot of modern artists to do, to say much to about any of these pieces. Um, but no, no, that makes sense that it is kind of a um, kind of pop art, Ronald pop McDonald. Art. There meets. we go. Good for you yeah. coming up with the term. Good for you. <laughs> meets um you know an existing um set of paintings but it's it, it just it's, it feels jar it's one of those things that feels jarring where you're just like is that ronald mcdonald well you know it's all it's one of those things about ryan johnson movies where the deeper you delve the more you can find 
Oh, and, I, well. and, and the art is just being used here to show what a dunce Miles is. Yeah, he really, he really just is a, a just a rich guy who I'm not going to say doesn't deserve it because he made the money, you know, whatever. But like he just does not know what he's doing. He if he didn't have a team of people that did know what they were doing, he <laughs> he would be nobody. Right, and it's and it's one of those things where I mean. If you don't know much about art, you know, whatever. That's totally that's totally fine. Um, I there's a lot that I I wish I knew more about art, but it's but it's like the it it just feels like like you can tell that he is somebody who really wants to sh- put in your face. Look how rich I am, right. and um, you know that's that's his goal, and it feels like that's very obvious with the whole set decoration of this enormous um, kind of unwieldy dining room that set that they have. And um, just also wanted to give a shout out to that uh, production designer because like, I, I mean, Ryan Johnson certainly has, takes a lot of the credit because he puts a lot of detail into it, but um, it, it sounds like they had a lot of talented people on the production side. So I just wanted to, uh, call that out yeah it's and it really it just adds layers and layers of depth to the scene kind of like the onion what (laughs) (laughs) there's so so many layers in glass onion (laughs) well so do you think do you think that the dining room functions as a museum i mean obviously there's artwork all over it and it's done in a really ostentatious way that that it's in your face. You have to walk amongst you. You have to be careful not to break it as well, you're walking Well, there's around. multiple times in these scenes where people are, like, almost elbowing one of those glass sculptures. And I'm just, like, nearly having a heart attack because I'm the type of person where when I go to a museum and see somebody, like, vaguely near a painting, I'm like, <laughs> like, like, I don't say anything, but, like, my heart clenches a little bit of, like, don't. Don't move your elbow just a few inches to the right because that's beautiful art that could that's, that's not fun. Do you, do, you have <laughs> yeah. do you have kids that you've ever taken no. to the museum? You don't, okay. No, I don't. So I don't know if I if my heart could take it, honestly. <laughs> um but it's it, it I think it we, you know, we've had it some definitely... nervous moments in our museum visits for sure with a Oh, with a I totally bet I yeah, my my Mom took me to museums all the time when I was little because um, uh, she was actually an art major in school. So um, it, it, I, she very much instilled, like, keep your arms to yourself, walk slowly, like, a very, <laughs> like, that was, like, drummed into my head at a very young age. But even still, you know that you can't necessarily, you can say that as much as you want to kids, but also... Kids are going to be kids, so. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think that it technically, um, to answer your question, it could technically be a museum, just a poorly curated one. Um, it, it's one of those things where it's like, yes, there's all these various art pieces, but it, it's just, it, again, like, without any real rhyme or reason that you would have for a really um, fantastic art uh, 
show or art display. Um, I actually went to Chicago a few weeks back and saw this uh, uh, Van Gogh exhibit at the uh, Chicago uh, Art Institute. And it was, it was just like, it was, it was very beautifully put together of him and four other contemporaneous artists and um, focusing on these landscapes that were taken outside of Paris and moving through the city. And it, it, it went Ooh, through nice. time and through the city. And it was very interesting um, and showed a lot of beautiful art and uh, kind of through this focused on this post-impressionist movement and these multiple artists that were kind of on the outskirts of Paris um, doing art and landscapes at the time. And so it's, 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 it's one of those pieces that I've seen a number of art uh, shows where, where you think like, Oh, I, I learned something here. Um, Just by looking at all this art, I feel like I was able to see a little bit into the past or see a little bit into this life and learn more about these artists. Um, some that I knew pretty well, some that I didn't know very well and um, get that. Whereas with Miles Braun's whole thing, it, it, you don't feel like you learn anything except learning about Miles Braun. Um, well, you don't, even that, it, the, the thing I learned about Miles is that I think he is, this scene where he welcomes everybody to, mm-hmm. to this room, he, to me, comes off very insecure. Like, he, he's yes. really, he's really invested in his friends being impressed by him. Oh, absolutely. He is, I, and I mean, I know that a lot of people have made comparisons to other wealthy people <laughs> with Miles. But I mean, it, you do see like a level of insecurity with, with some people of that ilk where they desperately want to be liked. And that's the one thing that money can't fully buy, but they still try to buy it with money. And that's what he's doing is he's trying to buy like the social status, the clout, the um, admiration. um, And and he's throwing money at it. Yeah. And and the way that it's just, you know, it's not, it's not understated at all. You have to wade through it. You have to wade yeah. through all these impressive impressive pieces in order to enter the room. I, I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, you, it's, it's like this is theoretically where you're supposed to be eating dinner or sitting and chatting with people. I feel like not to, not to sound too neurotic, but like how can you relax if you have to walk <laughs> through this thing of like all these glass objects? I'd be like... Excuse me, pardon me. I don't want to hit anything while oh, I go sit down. I don't know. It's yeah, you know, it, it exactly doesn't feel comfy. Feel. There would have to be some sort of separation from those things for me to yeah. Every because yeah. every time you move a chair, you nervously looking around. Oh, but gosh, this uh, yeah. this room definitely says that you know in the deep dark depths of the night, uh, miles. Miles is afraid that he is the least of this group, that he's yeah. know, the one that doesn't deserve to be part of this group. Yeah, and it, I mean, you see that, I think, um, from his, from Miles' appearances so far in this movie, where he, like, just so much of the architecture of this and the design is, like, 
look at how cool I am. Please comment on how cool I am. And it's like, if you have to do that, you're not secure in how cool you are. I don't know. Um, yeah, and uh, I think um, you get to see a little bit of some of the other characters' um, stuff is uh, in the second half of this minute, where he, uh, Miles is giving people uh, the drinks uh, that they chose. I think I remember everyone's favorite. And we got the males. My chemist. Mm, 16. He likes it heavy on the feet. Serve it up neat. Is this my Cuban breeze? The drink that got us on the no-fly list at St. Bart's. What else? Well, hashtag worth it. Claire Bear. Mm. Room temp white. Pain on Gris. <laughs> or that what he remembers is their favorites. And based off of those, like, I do actually have a lot to say about that. Um, oh, do. Do say things yeah. about that. Okay. okay. I got thoughts um, too, but... It sounds like you, you've been thinking about it, and I've just only been thinking about it for a few minutes. I've thought about it too much, actually. <laughs> I like no. I was doing uh, like again research into well, like glassware. Oh, a, a quick story before before you get deep into yes. your theories Go and stuff. It. Just as I was watching this movie the first time, I, I've got a 15 year old boy, and and you know a wife, and we all were. We saw it on Netflix, not in theater, unfortunately. We live too far away from civilization. Um, so we were pausing it. We were looking at the drinks, and we were pausing it, and we were trying to figure out as we went what the drinks meant. <laughs> See, like, it's not just me. It's not just me. <laughs> but anyway, you do your do your analysis. I'm, I'm dying to hear it's it. N- no, but it's not just me that's, like, like pausing to, like, think about these drinks. Um, right. First off... <laughs> Um, everybody has these kind of monogrammed cups or glasses that I feel like something about them, like, reads as something that somebody would think is fancy, but is, like, actually a little bit tacky. Like, I can't, yeah. you know, it feels like something that you're, like, I, I don't know. Like no, I, can, I, can, would... I, can, I can help you with this. You, you don't have your, you have personally monogrammed glasses uh, when you go somewhere, but it's gauche to use them. The only place it's okay to use glasses with your names on it is at the preschool. Or it feels like something like like the, for these, it feels like something you'd have made for like a like a bachelorette party or something. You know, like right. yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like for something like and it's like again, that's fine. But if you're trying to show like, look at how fancy and sophisticated I am. I'm like, I don't know about this glassware. Um, And again, I think that um, one of the things that we see in this that shows that Miles' obsession with, again, status and impressing these specific people is that Peg just gets a red Solo cup, um, which he immediately just, like, hands over to her um, without saying, like, oh, sorry. And, like, presumably Peg's been working with Bertie for for a while now, it seems like. So, like, wouldn't she have this not be his first rodeo with her? I don't know. Um, it, it just felt like she, he didn't even just, like, say, oh, I, I have a couple extra glasses here. I don't know what your favorite drink is. Sorry. Like, well, he's just like, a, like, here's Solo Cup Peg. Yeah, there's just so much character building. When she gets that glass, even though she's been with Bertie for probably years at this point, 
the look she gives is like, yep, this is par for the course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The look on her and, face and is he doesn't flawless. Even look at her. I'm sorry. I'm talking. No, <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. He doesn't look at her and she just kind of goes, yeah, I expected that. Uh, like she didn't expect any, like anything different than being treated as like this kind of second class citizen in, in, in this place. Um, well, and, and Birdie also, doesn't say anything. Birdie also ignores right. the whole slight and exactly. keeps going. Exactly. So it's like, even even Birdie's not like... I mean, how much of Birdie is actively thinking about that? Or if she's just like, completely just a little bit clueless, but like, in a way that feels intentionally too, where, where she's like, she's clueless because she has the kind of privilege to be able to be this kind of horrible person and not you care know, as for someone, anybody else around her. As someone who does have assistance occasionally, um, you know, like personal assistance that mm-hmm. that kind of just do what they what this person does for Bernie. Um, I can tell you that, you know, if this exact situation were happening, if I had my assistant and we went away to a Greek island together, I would be out of my way to make sure that she wasn't treated like just some yeah. some add-on. Right. And and that's what is happening with Peg this entire time. Even though like Peg's, you know, does a million things for Birdie both in this on this Greek island and beforehand um uh oh, well, PAs, like, PAs are the best, man. You just oh, it it's it makes life so easy to have someone just do all the thinking for you for all the little things that, you know, so you don't have to yeah. think about things. Yeah. And I think that that's um, why Birdie is so indebted to Peg, just because she she's not about to think about those little things. So Peg has to do it for her. Um, right. And uh, again, I know that Darren's not going to cut this out uh, because... Uh, Peg has a tattoo of her own name and I feel like I should always mention that every time <laughs> I'm on this thing because I love it so much. It is my favorite detail that like I don't even know if it's like you can even see it really in the movie but uh, I never knew that. Where Where's it just, located? I think it's on her leg. I'm not sure. I just know that um, Jessica Henrik uh, posted a picture of it it's like kind of it looks like kind of a poorly done tattoo and it's just of her name and you're just in like kind of a tattoo script with a couple of little flourishes around it and i'm like it's such a perfect little detail of peg having her own tattoo <laughs> named tattoo perfect uh, it, it makes me so happy <laughs> um but yeah uh, so for the drinks we get a couple of um uh things in here so Lionel first uh, gets a pretty expensive well like pretty expensive scotch whiskey uh, leg of old 16 I like I'm not a very like I only have whiskey if it's in like a Manhattan or something so I don't know but it's like that's kind of like a famously known good brand so it's not like really it's not it's not like oh this is like the whiskey knowers brand but also I feel like that's just kind of showing like, oh, he's giving him a kind of expensive glass of, of scotch. 
Um, Birdie has the Cuban Breeze, which features vodka, amaretto, and pineapple juice, which I had to look up for that. Um, but the thing that I, the, the one that I got so overly thought of is Claire's Room Temperature Pinot Gris, because I was just like, what is going on here? Because first off, like, I'm not necessarily a wine expert or anything. My my regular wine that I buy for myself is like, it's just a box wine. So again, I'm like, not a wine snob. But like, room temperature, like, if you're serving a white wine, room temperature is not the way to go with that. Um, so I'm just not sure what that says about either her or about Miles, because it sounds like that's a specific thing that he's going for is not, um, not chilling the wine, but at the same time, I'm like, why, I, I can't stop thinking about, like, why would, what would be the reason that Claire would want a, um, a warm, like, a kind of lukewarm wine, like, white wine. And if you have any ideas, please tell me because I can't. Um, but one of the things is that you, that you see, um, it's served in, in, in her glass that's made for her. And that, that glass, um, looks like it's very much made for, like, a red wine. Um, I'm, again, not, like, much of a wine expert, so I can't say necessarily what that would be, but for that kind of, um, yeah, uh, like kind of wide mouth on the glass and the shape that looks like it's like a for like a tasting of like a red wine. Um, so like I'm because generally from what I understand, like what you'd want uh, for like a white wine is kind of a more narrow um, glass, which tends to be better for the white rather like the wide glass for the red, which allows for more like. For you to get more scent and more kind of air into it. So I'm just like, again, it feels like more about Miles being like, he doesn't know what he's doing. Because again, I, I drink box wine. And, and I'm like, I'm like, bro, that's that seems like a weird a specific wine glass to give for a for a white. To me, the room temperature white, white wine says something about says something about Claire. Claire... Mm-hmm. Claire strikes me, I mean, she's the, you know, the governor or whatever, but she strikes me as a kind of lower class, like just mom type. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think Claire definitely strikes me as a type of person who would have box wine out on the counter. Right. (laughs) Like me. (laughs) Well, and... You but, never know. Yeah. You know, just as a character, there's lots of things you can guess on. Maybe she'll, maybe she has a really sensitive, um, oh, I don't know what that uh, reflex is called, but in your mouth that gives you ice cream headaches. And oh, yeah. Maybe or, she likes even, the wine, but it needs to be warm so it doesn't hurt her, you know. Or Yeah, like sensitive teeth um, with with specifically cold things. Or, or um, like sensitive teeth or, you know, just any number of things. Yeah. I think it says a bunch about her. I yeah, I think it, I think it says more about her than than Miles. I think Miles yeah. just knows that she likes it warm. 
Yeah. And so we're and so we're left to we're left to kind of speculate about her, in my opinion. Yeah, it it, it just feels. I mean, I I th- I think it shows. Like they, you see the difference between, like like her and Lionel, where she they're kind of often aligned in the movie, but he still has kind of the more expensive taste. Whereas you see, like a specifically, it's not like a specific type or vintage it is just a like a pinot gris lukewarm that's her that's her drink and and so it, it kind of does put that maybe a little bit of that class uh <laughs> thing or you know maybe again if she she has multiple kids and uh a lot of people in the house it just, doesn't you necessarily just pinot, you just have pinot in your uh, uh hydration flask running around town uh, she 100 percent does that she 100 <laughs> yeah, percent sure. ha- has a like a big coffee mug and and it is just wine <laughs> yeah like, that nails her character perfectly for me <laughs> yeah it's like it's like oh i need my coffee and it is like just white wine um yeah but it, that, that was just i, I think it, it does show these these characters really well where you have um kind of the classier bit with lionel and then you have um uh birdie where she has just clearly a a fun drink uh i've i never had that um but you know it's kind of like a like a vodka pineapple juice uh it is just like you know kind of there for a party (laughs) um uh, not and, and just it, fun, not not just a fun drink, but it got him on the no fly list at St. Bartles <laughs> or whatever. Right, exactly. And I'm like, what happened there? And I, it's it's one of those things where I'm I'm glad that they didn't give us more specifics, so I can kind of just like go, like, ooh, what? I think Miles has such a crush on her, and yeah, like, oh, totally. It's never, it's never gonna happen. She would never take him seriously as a boyfriend. And so he he tries to he tries to wiggle in these little personal things that will make her, you know, kind of think fondly yeah. of him. Remember this fun memory of us getting on the nose? Well, not just fun, but naughty. Like I, I get right. the feeling there's lots oh, of little naughty references to their past. That makes sense, yeah. Where it's like a fun but like like, ooh, we are kind of bad, kind of. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, I think that those are, are, they really chose drinks that showcase these characters' personalities in a really good way, um, which which I, I thought was very fun. Um, and we also, uh, uh, get getting close to the end of the minute, have one of the... Another favorite little one-off, which is the first mention of Jeremy Renner's small batch hot sauce. Alibari. That has a kick. Oh, that's uh, Jeremy Renner's small batch hot sauce. <clears throat> I let him invest. He sends me like a pallet every year. I, 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 it, it, that, that just gave me a, a chuckle the first time I saw that because that's... Uh, oh, it, <laughs> yeah. it does one hot... It, 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 like, like, I'm almost surprised that Jeremy Renner doesn't ex- already have a small batch hot sauce. <laughs> it feels like a thing he would have. Don't you think after this movie he should have? I mean, if you're yeah, Jeremy I... Renner, if you're Jeremy Renner, wouldn't you be like, okay, well, 
correct me if I'm wrong. He's he gotten the the bad wreck. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Once you like after you get out of the bad wreck, think to yourself, you know, maybe instead of action adventure guy, I should go into hot sauce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, I, I, I mean, he, he's he's had like a, his share of like various, um, you know, side hustles. He he does his music career. Um, he had his personal Jeremy Renner app, which is always makes me laugh about it. Yeah, because... that's right. He did. Oh my god, I forgot about that thing. No, I. It's one of my favorite things to like look because it's like, ooh, this seems like somebody just pitched him this idea of like you're gonna make a lot of money, and he's like, fair enough, and uh, and uh, but he he again like that's why I'm like he it it feels like. I I wouldn't be shocked if Jeremy Renner ever decided like let's let's make a hot sauce, um, which he gives because he invests in um, in Miles Brown, so it's very uh, very funny. And I also love that it is um, uh, it's it's uh, uh, Blanc seems to be kind of struggling, which considering he's clearly. Uh, a southern guy. I'm like, that must right. be really hot, hot sauce, man. <laughs> if it's well, like, it, if... It, it it does two things character wise for me. This scene, one, it's once again Miles just dropping a name, dropping a famous mm-hmm. name to try to make him to give himself status. And once again, just like all the other things that he does this way, it's it he it's like he wants people to get the impression that he knows Jeremy Renner. But really right. what it is, is he invested in something of Jeremy Renner's and the dude sent him a case of hot sauce. Right. Probably, like, they, like they Probably just a, a an assistant or something sent it to him. Right. Like, they've, like, they've maybe met, maybe, like, once or twice, maybe, because, like, I think it's, like, either Jeremy Renner invests in him or he invests in Jeremy Renner. Who knows? But there's like some sort of money deal involved. So, but he can kind of claim like, "Look, I have this big connection." So, yeah, it's uh, certainly well, what, not going to be the what last. Was the other time. thing, there was something. There was someone at the pool. Some kind of drink. Uh, it, it was is, uh, uh, Jared Leto's kombucha. That's right. That's right. It's, no, it's hard kombucha because, <laughs> and uh, I think there's a lot I, of that in Miles's life where. He doesn't really yes. know someone, but but because he's got m- enough money to invest in other people, they're like, oh, you know, everyone who invests at this level gets a case of hot sauce <laughs> or some kombucha. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you can like anybody, um, like the it, it, you really can have that level of access just depending on how much money you have. Like, like you could, like if you the- you could theoretically hire like any artist to do a private concert for you if you just have enough money like you could theoretically meet anybody chat with anybody hang out with your favorite people you just need to figure out like how the money is going to work because like realistically if somebody says hey i'll give you a million dollars to perform on a stage for two hours it's like who would say no like right well that's the thing you you can just you can just hire someone famous. 
You can right. just, I don't know who would be a level of fame. You can just buy Paul McCartney to come play for you. Right. You just you need to know. You can just hire, I, I don't know who's famous, Pearl Jam. Taylor Swift might be expensive, but there's a there's a point where you could get her there's to come to your mansion. dollar amount. Like, she's probably going to be up there as, like, the most expensive, but, like, you could she's figure like, it. Yeah, like, but I, I'm in Des Moines that day. Why not? Right, exactly. Like, you figure out a day that works with her schedule, and you figure out, like, the money. You can make it work. And so it's like, I, it, it like, it, that's, that, sh- that shows that, like, he, I don't know, it's, it's, um, real, like, he's trying to be like, look at how cool I am, but really it's just showing, look at how much money I've got. He's um, really just... It, it's just all clues all the way through what a terrible person he is. And I think yeah. it might be sort of Ryan Johnson's personal commentary on these kinds of, of billionaires. Right. Exactly. Um, and I right. mean, that's that's Miles Braun in a nutshell. I mean, I know that everybody is comparing him to one specific person, but I think that there, there are a lot of people who are like the kind of millionaire or like when you get up to be a certain amount of rich where... You, you can buy anything you want, but it doesn't necessarily make you more of an interesting or good person to you have. Can't, you can't buy way. class is what it comes down no. to. No. No. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, no, I think that this minute in particular says a lot about miles and it specifically says, like says that you can't buy class. Um, and that's this minute in kind of a nutshell. <laughs> well, it's been super interesting talking about minute 41 with you. Yeah. Allison. Yeah. I think we're just going to wrap it up. Um, the question for today is just that if you, did you see the movie in the theaters, which I, you said you didn't, unfortunately, um, it's, you know, totally get that. I, uh, I, I managed well, to see it. Tw- now, you you are Midwest, right? But you're yes. your city Midwest. You're like a Minneapolis I'm, or a Chicago. Lady. I'm in Minneapolis. Yeah, Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Okay. Yeah. So, so did I, you have the opportunity to see this thing? Yeah, I actually saw it twice because I um, saw it once by myself, and then um, my family was talking about like, oh, should we go see a movie? And I was just like, we could uh, go see out? Glass Onion. <laughs> Exactly. It was like, <laughs> I've already seen it, but I'll watch it again. But um, yeah, it, 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 it does make a huge difference because, you know, being in an, uh, a city, there's movie theaters all over the place and it's pretty easy to get to get to the movies. But, um, you know, it, it really depends on where you are. But um, I'm, I'm, you know, glad that a lot of people got to see this pretty early on with Netflix and uh it, you know, it's it, it was it was fun being able to talk about it with so many people um, within a week of watching the movie. Yeah. So, I think if do you have anything else you'd like to cover or? No, we uh we've gone through that thoroughly. <laughs> Sounds Never good. has one minute um, been discussed so thoroughly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, we we had a lot of thoughts, and we'll see if we have a lot of thoughts for the rest of this week. Um, thank you so much for joining me today, Curtis. Uh, do you have any plugs that you'd like to uh, plug? Oh, um, oh, uh, 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 I gotta hate to talk about myself. 
everybody just come to blazeportraits.com and that's where all my work is. Perfect. Um, that's spelled like the fire. B-L-A-Z-E portraits.com. Perfect. And um, you can um, find this podcast on Twitter at Glass Onion Min. It's all one word. Um, you know, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you can. Uh, really helps us out. Uh, you can find more of me on uh, the Gaming Fix podcast. That's Gaming FYX. Um, you can find us on Twitter and uh, on any um, you know any of your favorite podcast platforms and listen to us talk about video games. Um, so thank you for joining me, and I'll see you tomorrow. Baby, you don't know.